0: Welcome to Hope For Your Heart Radio Broadcast. I'm Don Bradford, thanking you for tuning in to this listener-supported ministry of Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. If you'd like to support this ministry, donations can be made at www.hrcc7.org. Click on the Giving tab. In today's broadcast, Pastor Calvin will be teaching on the power of listening. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 18.13 to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. When we listen well, we heal well. Listening is a magnetic and strange thing, a creative force. The friends who listen to us are the ones we move toward. Carl Menninger says when we are listened to, it creates us makes us unfold and expand. Here's Pastor Calvin. Well, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining us
1: today. I'm so excited about what we're talking about today. We're talking about the subject of listening well. And you know, when you really love somebody, you listen to them well. And so I want to talk to you today about the power of listening. Now, listening skills give us the power to calm an emotionally charged conversation. Here the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. You know, as you have that ability to listen well, you can keep the conversation on topic and you have this ability to give everyone's opinion, consideration, and uh, you have the opportunity really to be a blessing to people. You know, the first step to becoming a powerful listener is to recognize and overcome ineffective listening skills. You see, I've discovered, as Steve Covey also has discovered, that most people do not listen with the intent to understand Most people listen with the intent of coming up with a reply. In other words, I'm listening to you so I can go ahead and give my two cents. As we think about highly effective people, highly effective people are powerful in listening. There was a book that was written. It was called The Light in the Heart by Roy T. Bennett. And he has seven effective ways to make others feel more important. So I want to give these to you real quick and then we'll read the text you know, the Bible reminds us in Romans 18, 13, that if we answer before we listen, that is folly and that is shame. So if you want to be effective in making others feel important, you could be a good listener. And the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to use people's name. You know, people love to hear their name. I mean, that's why our moms and dad gave us this name, so that people could use that name to get our attention. Use people's names. You know, whenever I meet a person for the first time, I will say, okay, now, now your name is George. And uh, you know, George, I'm so glad I got to meet you, George. And I say, hey, George, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I don't want to really get the conversation on me. I want to get it on them. I want to learn more about them. I discovered that by using a person's name, it does two things. It makes that person really feel important because they are important. But it also helps me to remember their names. And people I've discovered also... They really enjoy talking about themselves. It is the one subject that they know a lot about, speaking about themselves. So number one, use people's names. Number two, if you really want to be effective in making others feel important, not only using their names, but express sincere gratitude. Now, emphasis on sincere gratitude, right? Uh, Not the fake gratitude, but a genuine, heartfelt heart of thanksgiving. Say, you know what? I really appreciate you. I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful for the blessing you bring to my life. I'm thankful for the encouragement you bring to our church, the blessing you are to my family. I appreciate you. You know, most of us don't hear that enough, right? Most of us get a lot of complaints coming our way, but we don't get a lot of compliments coming our way. So, if you want to be effective and really helping other people, use their name, express sincere gratitude. And then, number three, do more listening than talking. Now, most of us, we love to talk, don't we? Somebody put it this way. God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we will listen twice as much as we talk. You know, some people, I just, uh, they just love to talk. They talk and talk and talk and talk. As a matter of fact, I should probably shouldn't say this on the broadcast, uh, but there are some people in my church that really love to talk. And so sometimes I have to make sure that I got a few minutes if they're gonna corner me because it's going to be a long conversation, right? Uh, you know, and there's some people that, that I'm afraid to say, hey, how you doing? Uh, because they're going to tell me. And it's not going to be, hey, I'm doing great, Pastor. It's going to be a long conversation. But I've discovered that when I really love somebody, I spend more time listening than I do talking. You know, oftentimes when we get called to visit somebody and somebody's going through a difficult time. Uh, you know, I don't want to be like Job's friends that gave him a lot of advice. I, I just got to just go and, and just be with him, just hang out with them, and say, you know, I don't know what to say to you exactly, but I, I want you to know that I'm here and I want to hear your concerns and I want to hear what is eating away at you. I want to, I want to hear what you're worried about. I want to hear about what you're anxious about. And, and many times after we're done talking with that person and, and we leave, uh, they said, boy, you were such a blessing. And I said, I didn't even hardly say anything. The presence is the blessing. So do more listening than talking. And number four, talk more about them than about you. Get the conversation back on them. You know, people don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. Being able to listen to people and getting the conversation back on them you see, I think the problem that many of us have is we can't wait to tell somebody how great we are. Sometimes people come up to me and say, well, Pastor, you must be awful busy. And so I love to throw them a little curveball. I say, you know what? I am doing absolutely nothing. It's been a day where I've done nothing all day. Now, I kind of chuckle when I say that, and they know that there's not a whole lot of truth to that. But I don't want people to think that I'm important because I'm busy. I want people to know that they're important, and what is happening in their life is important to me. So talk more about them than about yourself. And number five, be authentically interested. Authentically interested by asking, hey, how are your kids doing? How's your wife doing? And just as you use their name, use the name of their children use the name of their spouse uh, use the name of their dog if you know their dog that really shows that you are authentically interested if you can remember details about people it shows that it's really important and if somebody asks you to pray for them right oftentimes people ask me to pray for them and I said I want to write that down and then I'll pray for them right at that moment and, and sometimes I pray with them uh, yesterday I got a call and one of our members is not doing well and it was the daughter who called me and and so I said well I tell you what, I can't get to you right now, but I'm going to come by and I'm going to see you tomorrow afternoon. I said, but can I pray for you right now? And in that prayer, I basically regurgitated what this particular daughter said about her mom. And I prayed that her mom would have the desire to keep on keeping on. She's getting some age on her and, and the daughter's worried that maybe she's starting to lose hope and, and starting to give up. And so I said, Lord, would you give her some energy, give her a, a reason and a purpose to live, help her not to give up, help her to realize that although she has some health issues, that she needs to continue to fight, continue to work through that. You know, that little prayer made a world of difference. I'm going to follow up with that person today and visit with them and check with them. But being authentically interested in people. And number six, be sincere in your praise. Now, I think people can see through uh, somebody who's being disingenuous. I think they can see through that in a New York minute. Flattery, they say, is the highest form of praise. But if flattery is not sincere, then it comes back as flat. Say well, you saying that because you have to say that, but you don't really mean that. So, so be sincere in your praise. And then number seven, show that you care. I don't just give words that you care; actually, show that you care. And one of the best ways we can show that we care is by listening well. Well, let's listen to our text today, Luke chapter eight, and Jesus is speaking, beginning at verse number sixteen, and he says, "No one." lights a lamp, and hides it in a jar of clay, or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a lampstand, so that those who come can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and there is nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think that they have will be taken from them. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near to him because of the crowd. Somebody told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now, this is an interesting story that Jesus is laying out. In John 17, Jesus says, you know, if the world hates you, it's because you're not of the world just as I'm not of the world. And he's making a point of connection. We connect with people who have similarities with us. Jesus here is talking about the fact, not that you should discount your mom and dad. He's not saying that. He's talking about the fact that we have this light. We have this responsibility. Now, I hope that you join me in tomorrow's broadcast from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm going to be talking about response-able. How can we be response-able Responsible in our lives. Well, it involves listening. So when I listen, it shows that I know God and He hears me. Jesus was, in essence, saying, We got this light. This light is shining into the darkness. Those who know me recognize this light and they become this light. Romans 10 17 says this Faith comes from hearing, that's hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So as I listen well, I know God and he hears me. Now, I will have this common connection with others. I will know you and are connected. When we are connected on a common bond, then we have that natural connection. You know what I love about hanging around with Christians? I love when I just meet somebody, and I can usually tell within a matter of a minute or two of talking with a person whether or not they're a believer or not. Simple little things they say, right? Uh, Generally, believers would say, well, have a blessed day, right? Uh, That's a good indication that they're a believer. But the spirit of that believer also connects with me, that we're children of God. We have that common connection. It has nothing to do with background. It has nothing to do with skin color. What is that common connection? It is the spirit of God residing in that person, also residing in me. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's saying that you are the light of the world. Don't let that light hide. As it is shining into the darkness, there's going to be connection points that are made with others. You know, when you are transparent with somebody and you just open yourself up to somebody, you're saying to that person, I hear you and I'm here to help you. James one nineteen says, now my brothers and sisters, take note of this. You know, I used to have this verse sitting right on my dashboard because I really needed this verse as a daily reminder, James says, "Every one of you should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry." So listen quickly. Don't become angry quickly. I don't become quick to speak. Well, you know, hold that tongue, right? And listen well. You know, listening skills is such a blessing. I discovered in my life that I never have regretted that I listened too much to somebody. I have regretted that I have spoken too quickly. Sometimes if you're like me, who a person who talks a lot, sometimes that old tongue of mine can get engaged quicker than my brain. And my tongue can go off and say something, and lo and lo- behold, it's out there. And it's, Once it's out there, it's too late. I can't get it back. It's already out there. You know, I remember one year, and I, I almost hate to admit this on the broadcast, but we had started a, a new ministry in our church, and uh, and it was a wonderful ministry and it was to help our ladies and and uh, and it was a biblically based bible study that would help our ladies who wanted to kind of reduce their weight a little bit and, and i'm given this opportunity to announce it and one of the ladies said hey pastor would you announce this in church and I, I said sure i'd be happy to announce it and and i get up in the pulpit and i'm announcing this and i and i couldn't for the life of me remember what the name of that study was And so I said, well, if any of y'all would like to join this ladies Bible study, and uh, and I couldn't think, so I called it the Fat Girls Club. Oh man, as soon as I said that, I said, "Uh uh-oh, I shouldn't have let that one out of my lips. My brain was not going fast enough. My lips were going, and my tongue was going too fast. And as soon as I said that, it's like, you could feel like the atmosphere leaving the room. I said, I can't believe the pastor just said that. And so, uh, you know, you know I, I just continued on. And, you know, the next Sunday I got up in front of everybody. And I said, now, now, listen, I I, I got to apologize to you as a congregation. And uh, and I said, last week I said something not to say from the pulpit. And uh, and I said, I hope that you will forgive me. And, uh, and I said, I hope that you'll keep me on, on your forgiveness list because your pastor needs to be forgiven often. And, uh, and I said, I am so sorry. And uh, I said, I couldn't think of the name of the Bible study. And that just slipped out. And would you forgive me? And uh, and I remember saying, now, listen, uh, uh, you can't be offended if you weren't here last Sunday because you didn't hear the comment that I'm apologizing for right now. But I, I want you to know, when I care about somebody, we are transparent with them. We say, hey, you know, I messed up. You know, one of the most difficult phrases to say is, I am sorry. I was wrong. You know, Peter and John, they're out, and they're preaching the gospel, and they're reporting to their friends, and and the chief priests and the elders are there, and they're facing this persecution, and it's escalating. And those who were, were there in, in the faith, of the community of faith, uh, they're of one heart and one soul. And as a result, with great power, the apostles were given their testimonies of uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and great grace fell upon them. Why did they experience such grace in the face of persecution? Because they listened to the preaching of the gospel. They understood exactly what God was doing in their hearts. They had this power in their testimonies, and they were talking about the testimony of the resurrection of Christ, and God's grace fell upon them. You know, as I think about God's grace, and I think about the power of words, One word makes all the difference. The power of unconditional, undeserved, unexpected, unending love, uncomprehensive love makes a huge difference in the lives of people. In 1960, two men made a bet. There was only $50 on the line, but millions of people will feel the impact of this little wager. The first man was Bennett Cerf. He was the founder of Random House. The second man was a man by the name of Theo Gissel, but you probably know him better as Dr. Seuss. Cerf proposed to bet and challenged Dr. Seuss that he would not be able to write an entertaining children's book using only 50 different words. Dr. Seuss took on the challenge and he sat down and he decided to write a book. The result was a little book called Green Eggs and Ham. Since its publication, it has sold more than 200 million copies, making it the most popular of Seuss's work and one of the best-selling children's books in all of history. At first glance, you might think this was a lucky flute. A talented author plays a fun little game with 50 words and ends up producing a hit. But there is actually more to the story. And the lessons that can help us and that we can become more creative and use fewer words that will stick with people longer. You see, when Dr. Seuss discovered through this little bet, he discovered that constraints are often placed upon us. Every artist has a limited set of tools with which to work with. Every athlete has a limited set of skills with which to train. Every entrepreneur has a limited amount of resources to build with. Once you know your constraints, you can creatively figure out how to work with them. You see, there are a lot of authors who would complain about writing a book with only 50 words, but there was one author who decided to take the tools that was available to him and make a work of art instead. Some of you would probably wish maybe that this broadcast was only 50 words long, or maybe your Sunday sermon by your pastor was only 50 words long, but I want to encourage you today, as you think about your life, listening is a magnet, and it's a strange thing. Uh, This magnet is a creative force. The friends who listen to us are the ones we move toward. When we are listened to, it creates us, it makes us, it unfolds us, and it expands us. These are the words by the famous counselor Carl Menninger. I want you to know the tongue is a little member, and it boasts many things. But if we can use that tongue to utter a few words of encouragement, And spend more time listening, we'll discover that we'll be a blessing wherever we go. Well, I want to encourage you maybe you're going through a time in your marriage where things are not exactly, shall we say, kosher. You know, if you have a car, every once in a while you got to do a little maintenance on that car. Uh, If you have a house, you know that every once in a while you got to replace the roof and You got to replace some worn out flooring, and uh, sometimes you have to upgrade some things, and uh, you got to do routine maintenance around your house and around your car. And if you have a yard, you know, you got to cut the grass, and you got to constantly maintain the blessings that you have in life. The biggest blessing you have in your life, outside of Jesus Christ, is your spouse. I want you to think about that for just a moment. What a blessing it is to be married. God said of Adam, You know, Adam, It's not good that you're alone. I'm going to send you a helpmate. In other words, Adam would have found himself in a world of trouble, and God sends him Eve to complete him. Adam wasn't half the man that God expected him to be and intended him to be until Eve came along. Marriage is a wonderful institution, somebody says, but who wants to be institutionalized? Maybe your marriage is going through a hard time. Maybe you need uh, a marriage tune-up. Maybe it's not a a major catastrophe that you're facing within your marriage, but maybe you just need a tune-up. I want to invite you to our marriage conference coming up March 25 and 26 at Hickory Ridge Community Church. If you go to our website, you can go ahead and sign up online uh, on our website, hrcc7.org, and you can go ahead and register online. If you need more information about this, if you give me a call at 757- 421-7500, and leave a message and say, I need more information about the marriage conference. I will have our marriage mentor, Ken McGrew, give you a call, and he'll let you know exactly what's going on with this marriage encounter, uh, this marriage weekend that we're doing. It's called The Art of Marriage, and I promise you, if you got a good marriage, it'll be even better. If you got a marriage that needs some help, well, this will help you out. We're also beginning a ministry of mentoring couples. We are taking marriages and couples within our church who have good marriages, strong marriages, and we're saying, okay, would you invest in the life of another couple? Helping them to be all that God wants them to be. Oh, it's going to involve a lot of listening. Uh, this marriage mentoring program is not designed to fix marriages, it's designed to help people by just listening and setting a godly example. You know, I've discovered something about people who've been married. If you've been married any length of time, you kind of know what you need to do in your marriage. Uh, You don't need another sermon on how to have a great marriage. What you need to do is have somebody come alongside you and says, you know what, you kind of know what you need to do, and I'm here to help you, to keep you accountable, to make sure you're going to do what you already know you need to do. So if your marriage needs some help, why don't you come on and be part of what we're doing with this Marriage Weekend, March 25 and 26 at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Well, in the broadcast tomorrow, I'll be talking about being responsible. And if you are interested in listening to any other podcasts that we have or the broadcasts that we have, you can listen in at buzzsprout.com. Let me spell that out for you B U Z Z S P R O U T.com backslash 1890557. Buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557. Now, if you don't have a place to worship, we'd love to have you come worship with us every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 1030. And we have a, an exciting children's ministry for your kids, and uh, it's called Ridge Kids. And our children's director would be happy to meet you. We have a wonderful youth program called Ridge Students that meets uh, Sunday morning at 1030, also meets on Wednesday night at 630. We have the Awana Ministry that meets on Wednesday night. We have Bible studies that meet on Wednesday night. Great opportunities for you to be involved. If you're looking for a small group, we have small groups that meet throughout the week, throughout the community of Hanton Roads, and we would love to have you come and be part of what God is doing at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Well, I'm excited about another thing that I want to tell you about. That is the power of prayer. The power of prayer. You know that acrostics for prayer. You got to push, right? Uh, in order to have your prayers answered. So pushing for prayers to be answered. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. I want to encourage you to be a prayer warrior. Jesus told his disciples, what if you ask in prayer, believing, and it will be done. Mark 11, 24. As you pray, do you really believe that God's going to answer your prayers? I firmly believe that God answers prayers. I was on the phone call the uh, the other day, and and somebody called me from, from out of state, and they says, you know, I think I know one of the reasons for the success at Hickory Ridge Community Church. I said, what do you think one of the reasons is? He says, because every Thursday morning, you pray. Uh, this person sometimes calls in uh, to our prayer conference call, 5 a.m. on Thursday morning. The power of prayer. Somebody said, God does nothing but answer prayer. If God does nothing but answer prayer, why do we spend so little time praying? Well, maybe it's because we don't know how to pray, right? Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Now, if you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do that. Give us a call, 757-421-7500, and we will go ahead and add that prayer request to our prayer list on Thursday morning. If you'd like to join us for this prayer conference call... I would love to have you join us for this prayer conference call. And I'm going to give you that number real quick, okay? It's a number if you can write it down or you can call me to get this number. But if you dial in Thursday morning at 5 a.m. 605-472-5539. 605-472-5539. And as you call in that that number Thursday, 5 a.m., it's going to ask you for an access code. That access code is 504434, 504434. You can join us. You don't have to pray, but you just listen on the line, okay? We'd love to have you join us for this great time of prayer every Thursday morning. Let me get that number one more time to you, 605-472-5539. That's the free conference call. And then access code 504434. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow about being response-able. You know, the more responsible we are, the more God can use us. So I hope that you join us tomorrow at this same time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the broadcast.
0: Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us.